it was funny because I actually heard about you through my daughter who worked at a vegan restaurant and one of her customers, somehow something in their conversation came up about arthritis. And she said, oh, my mom has arthritis. And she, this lady wrote down, pads some program on a piece of paper. You have to tell your mom about this. So she brought it home and I threw it in the drawer. I'm like, I've tried everything. I mean, I've tried it all and I'm just done. Like, there's just not a magic pill. It's not going to work. And then somehow I came across that Patterson program paper and I'm like, okay, let me just pull them up. And I watched a podcast. I'm like, okay, well, that it helped that person. That's nice. Clicked on another one and then five and then 10. And then I was like, okay. These are people like me. These are people who have suffered with this disease for decades, who've tried everything, who, you know, they, they're not going to tell you, well, try this supplement. It'll cure your arthritis. You know, I mean, they're really like, they're going through a whole lifestyle change and they're having success. And so that's when I was like, okay, I, I have to at least try it. I can't just brush it off after that. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier and happier life. Welcome everyone to today's episode. We're speaking with Kara and she has had rheumatoid arthritis for a very long time, but we are going to dwell on the positives and the inspirational period of that time the most, which is the last period where she has transformed her life by shifting to the Patterson program and making a lot of lifestyle changes. And we've just been discussing the significant amount of of improvements and it's phenomenal. And so Kara is going to share her story and what worked for her and what she's doing and uh, why the future looks so much better, uh, so much better at the moment after making these changes. So Kara, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Oh, it is a great pleasure. Something that I've looked forward to and was kind of a goal of mine from the beginning. Um, Super, super excited. Just um, like you said, I had got arthritis when I was very young. I was 11 years old. And there's just a lot of years of struggling and not being able to figure out why is my body doing this and, you know, some dark days. And, um, and then after finding your program and making changes and work, obviously things are totally different to where I feel like I'm now in control of my body and control of the disease rather than it controlling me. And just such a, a brighter uh, perspective and so much better, feeling so much better in life in general. You know, you get a sense of excitement. I, I use that word. I've thought this through very carefully whenever I've felt, you know, absolutely perfect in terms of like zero inflammation. And there are times when I haven't. And so when the times when it feels like, you know, I've absolutely got this, those times I best describe as excitement because you just think of the possibilities, you think of the, yeah, the lack of the lack of heaviness and the lack of worry and the lack of concern, would you describe it as excitement at the moment or what other words would you use? I, I think that it feels like freedom. Like I feel like for so much of my life, it was like dragging this heavy thing along with me, but it was me. It was me that was struggling and, you know, having a hard time walking or a hard time using my hands or, oh, I can't do that because of my joints or, 
um, just getting in my way all the time. So it feels like this freedom and this, um, there's just joy of being able to do what I want to do. How much would you say that your life, given that you were diagnosed at 11, how much of your mind and thought has been consumed by this health condition? Um, a lot. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think of myself as one that would dwell on my condition like that. It's not my personality, but it was just something that would get in the way, you know, when you're trying to get from point A to point B, you're trying to do something or you got to think about your medication or you're, you know, constantly going to the doctor and they don't have good news for you. And so there's just a lot of disappointment and this kind of dark cloud. And it's kind of like that dark cloud is gone. and you know, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So where you're at at the moment, let's talk about that. And then we'll hit the rewind button and take us back to the start of your journey. Um, okay. But first tell us about what's currently going on with your medical treatment. And I want people to understand that you've had rheumatoid arthritis for 38 years. Okay. So let's, let's put this in perspective now. Okay. So we've had some guests on the show and they say after a couple of years and now, you know, I'm medication free and I don't have any pain in my joints and I live an exactly normal life. Well, some of those guests may have had RA for say less than eight years. So we're talking 38 years. Okay. It's a different condition, a different situation. But having said that, uh, where are you at at the moment? Um, well, for the last two years, I've been um, on Humira. Well, actually, the last three years, I've been on Humira. The last two years, I've been taking my injections, not weekly, but every two to four months. So I've stretched it out quite a bit in between. Um, and I've gone as long as five months at a time without it. And it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm hurting and like trying to stretch it out. It's like, I just don't need the drug. So it's been fantastic. I have a, an amazing rheumatologist. I love her. Shout out to her because there's so many that are bad. And over my decades of arthritis, I've had bad ones. I, my previous um, rheumatologist told me just point blank to my face, what you eat doesn't affect your joints in any way. And I just thought, you have got to get your head out of the stone ages and wake up because that's not where we're at. So, but it takes a long time. I've heard 17 years for clinical research to actually get into mainstream medical, you know, the office where they're actually prescribing and telling you what to do. So it, it took about 17 years, but anyway, fabulous um, rheumatologist. She um, has been so patient with me. I've gone on, she calls them drug holidays where you start and stop your drug over the years, but I always am, you know, crawling back, give me the drugs, give me the drugs. And now it's not like that. So the most recent time when I was like a year ago, a little more than a year ago, she just said, you know, whatever you're doing is working and you need to keep doing what you're doing. Um, I actually have a quote from her where she said that she believes that medical advances in gut immunology will be the greatest game changer for rheumatology in the future. So she is like on board, like, this is a real thing. Um, she even remembered your name the next time I went back, like you still on that passing program, you know, and I, I gave her the handout that you give to us and um, for physicians. And so she is on board. Um, she doesn't exactly know what to do with me because she said she's just got a handful of patients that can stretch out to like maybe four weeks, but I'm going four months. So she's like, okay, 
she's like, all I know to do is we're going to see if you have antibodies um, forming for the Humira, because if you do, it's going to stop working. But if you don't, then you can stretch it out. No problem. No antibodies. So we're just on the stretch out program and it's working great. Absolutely brilliant. What an amazing woman. What an amazing woman. Yeah. Um, my rheumatologist also, uh, amazing man. Um, so, you know, you need to have these health partners. You know, they're a partner, aren't they, really? You've got all your partners around. You've got your loved ones who are partners in your healing journey and your friends. And uh, you're a member of Rheumatoid Support. So we've been all your partner for a long time as well. But, you know, to have the one that has the authority of the and the knowledge of your condition to also support what you're doing. It's so empowering. And I'm not sure if you joined us on the on the support call we had just a couple of days ago with Dr. Munoz or not. I don't remember if I, I saw your here. name on the in the chat bar. Um, but you know, we were talking about two things in there uh, relevant to what you've just said. And the first one was about, you know, that that feeling that the rheumatologist with their position of power can influence how you feel between seeing them so much. Just one comment like, oh, I don't think it's going well for you. That can linger round and round around hundreds of times played on repeat in your mind for the next few months until you see them again. So that was one thing that you touched upon. And, and the power of having the physician give you encouragement and, and not false hope, but just, you know, if you're doing well, you know, to be given a pat on the back, it just means everything. And the fact that she's willing to go in an area that she hasn't been before by the sound of it to say, look, Carrie, you're, you're cutting some new ground here and I'm going to work with you and we're going to see what happens. And the other aspect of that is that she's not doing it and just sitting back and watching. Measuring for the antibodies was the other thing that Dr. Munoz and our live call talked about. He talked about going off of a biologic drug and then coming back onto it. And what are the dangers of doing that? And he spoke about having the ability to test for anybody. So you can test to see if your body is going to develop a, um, an immunological response to the actual drug. And so you have just, you know, stepped in that same footprint as what we just spoke about just days ago. So, you know, Absolutely. And uh, that's really, really cool. So she's doing everything from a medical viewpoint to make sure what you're doing is safe and you're doing everything from the natural angle to make sure everything you're doing uh, keeps you as healthy as possible. Yeah. So it's a great one combo. Other, one other thing that um, she actually brought up at one of our uh, meetings, and I took notes because I've never, I didn't even remember this, but she pointed out that in reviewing my notes that the last time or a previous time that I had come off of the drugs um, or off of Humira that I had ups and downs and I was kind of struggling. But this time I went from like struggling, taking the drug, like nothing. And then I had this massive just inflammation in one joint. So she was like, you know, you're making progress. She's playing out to me. You're, you're making progress because you didn't have ups and downs in between. So it was almost like she was excited for the way things were going. So mm. really excited about it too. There's going to be some people listening to this or watching this say, I wonder if she does telemedicine consultations. So uh, I won't put you on the spot, but perhaps afterwards you can email me and let me know. We might have a response before we publish this and ask her if she'd be interested because um, I know I'm going to get that question. Who is Kara's rheumatologist? Yeah. Uh, so we're building a library of awesome rheumatologists. I now have a handful 
Um, and we can always add to the list, especially if they do telehealth consultations because of our worldwide audience. Yeah. So that is, that, that's amazing to be able to spread out dosages of your Humira to such long amount of time without getting symptoms. And then do you, and you just said you got a, 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 a reaction in one of your joints. Does it come on suddenly when you need to, uh, when you need to take your dose and do you decide when you're going to do it? It doesn't usually come on suddenly. Usually it would be like, you know, a little bit of an ache and, you know, I don't jump right on the meds right when I have a little bit of an ache. I kind of, you know, I ramp up the exercise. I make sure, you know, pull back on my diet. If I've been, you know, being, you know, not wild, but, you know, I pull back on that and I give it some time, but like with this joint, it, it started like in my, it was my foot, my left foot and it started being achy and I was keeping, you know, tabs on what it was doing. And then it just flew up. I mean, it was like this massive balloon and it was like, okay, this is just not happening, but none of my other joints hurt, which I've had Mm -hmm. joint pain in pretty much all my joints. I mean, I've had feet, knees, ankles, hips, shoulders, hands. I mean, it's been everywhere. So the fact that it was only this one joint and it was like, you know, pretty good swelling. Um, that was the indicator it's time to get on. But, um, when I went to the doctor and we were discussing like being on the meds and when to take it, when not to take it, you know, I said, you know, I don't feel like I should take an injection if I'm not having an inflammation or any pain. And she said, I I totally agree with you. She said, you know, let's space it out. She said, if you don't have pain over two weeks, wait two weeks, if it's three weeks, a month, if it's two months, if it's three months, just wait until you need it. And so I was just thrilled that she was on board with me and agreeing that, yeah, if you don't need the drug, don't take the drug. And she also told me that the effectiveness of the drug is two weeks. Um, she said that it stays in your body. I had this written down. She said it it has a half-life of six weeks, but the actual effectiveness is only two weeks. So whatever's happening, you know, it's not that, oh, the drug is lasting longer for me. Anyway. It's tremendous. Oh no, it's it's tremendous. You know, it's just sensational to, you know, I'm just still in awe of of the situation. I mean, you would be kind of brought onto stage at a rheumatology conference and said, and said, here is someone who's going to blow your mind. And in front oh, of a, funny. in front of a, a group of 400 rheumatology experts, your situation would raise 400 eyebrows and they would say, what? So she's, she's had it for nearly four decades and now she's, you know, spacing Humira, you know, four months apart and not seeing symptoms often until three to four months. I mean, this, so let's delve deeply into this because in case someone's first time on our podcast here, they're going to be wondering, well, what the heck has she done? Okay. So let's, let's, let's go there. Um, Let's go there. Uh, You've obviously changed to a plant-based diet. You've eliminated all, especially cooked oils and, and, and oils in general is my recommendation. And you've increased your exercise. You've probably tried to improve your vitamin D levels, your quality of sleep, um, interpersonal relationships to reduce stress. Can you can you say yes if that's the case across the board and give examples of of, of what your life looks like to achieve these results? Okay. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the that's the pattern. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's not a gimmick. It's you know, eat great food, exercise 
regularly and well and manage your stress, take care of yourself. I mean, it, it is, that's what it looks like. So whole food, plant-based diet. I mean, right now I can eat a broad range of things. I, I eat some avocados and nuts. So I get some fats in there. Um, and I, I seem to be fine. Um, really the only food I've found a problem with is quinoa. Um, but everything else seems to be fine. Um, I stay away from pretty much processed foods and yeah, don't eat any animal products and things like that. And, um, I actually, because I was on the drug when I started the program started with the broad vegan diet. I didn't start on the elimination thing because I didn't have pain. So I was emailing you and that was kind of your recommendation, like start the medicine program backwards. Um, so I did. And then once I got pain, I jumped on to the elimination process in the beginning. So kind of how yep. it goes. Yep. Makes sense. Um, do you emphasize anything in particular that you would consider to be sort of strategically extra healthy? So for example, the green juices or sprouts or maybe soaking nuts or anything that's a little bit uh, like, ah, like hardcore healing sort of stuff. Uh, you know what, for, I mean, I think the, the, the dark leafy greens are huge for me. Um, I don't do a lot of green smoothies, but I love making banana ice cream. So I take frozen bananas, but I pack in a ton of kale, a ton of spinach, uh, maybe I'll throw a date in there or something like that and just pack it in there. So that like, if I'm feeling any, you know, twinginess or whatever, I'm like up the greens and it's, there's a salad every day in there. Um, I love oatmeal. Like my breakfast is one of my favorite meals with oatmeal, but those are probably my go-to. So again, not rocket science. Yeah. Well, it's not rocket science, but it's not done by many people. It might yeah. be done by our audience, our community, yeah. but it's the magic formula that's not done by many. Yeah. So for example, if I'm just going to take take a wild guess. If we were to survey 100 people from the general public who, let's say 100 people that come into the average rheumatologist, you know, maybe only 10% of them might have oatmeal for breakfast. And then if you say, well, how many of them get their recommended serving of leafy greens each day? That might only be 2%. And then what about the amount of leafy greens that we recommend on our program that you and I know is like the backbone of mm -hmm. gut health? Right. Zero. Right. Like lucky to get one. Yeah. So this is the importance of us, you know, digging deeper into okay, what are you doing differently than everyone else? And um, and yes, um, all the things that I rattled off in uh, a moment ago, and 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 those, of course, are the things you're doing. But what are the details here? What are the extra details? So I love that just reinforcement, reinforcement from as many of us as we can. It's leafy greens that are king. It's leafy greens that are queen and leafy greens that are jack 10, nine, eight. You know what I mean? Yep. Come on, get these greens into you. So that's awesome. Okay. And, and then, um, and you're able to eat your oats. We did a podcast. I don't know if you might recall, but it was a couple of years ago. It was called eat your oats with Dr. Richard Matthews. And he mm -hmm. talks all about the benefits of the microbiome of oats. So you're ticking the boxes. Okay. What about on the, um, or is there anything else, anything else about diet? I mean, do you snack between meals? Do you, um, or do you eat big meals? Do you eat after seven o'clock at night ever? Do you have fruits a lot besides your banana things? Anything else you can tell us? Um, I don't snack much. Sometimes I will, um, but, but not a ton. Um, and, uh, try to drink a lot of water. 
and I try not to eat late at night. I find that that really messes me up, messes up my sleep. And I do so much better if I go to sleep after, you know, two to three hours of having a meal. So that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Now, just before we touch upon, say, what you're doing on the exercise front, you know, I I do want to give a little justice to all the things that you might have been through in the past, just so that we can get an idea of, um, of that without, you know, without making it sort of, without going into sort of like, oh, a bit of a downer. But I mean, 11 years old, 11 years old, do you think, first of all, that you know what's triggered it with all the knowledge you've learned in the last couple of years? Do you think that it was because your mum drank a ton of cow's milk when you were, you know, inside her tummy? Or do you think it was antibiotic use in early years? Or do, were you never breastfed? What were the risk factors do you think in your case, if there are any? I don't have any idea what triggered it. I mean, if it was, I don't know. I mean, I know I wasn't breastfed. Um, I don't know. I don't think I had high antibiotic use. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember anything. You know, my mom, I even asked her if she could think of anything prior and she really didn't have anything to say. So I don't really know where it came from. I did have um, psoriasis when I was really little. I've had that my whole life. So one autoimmune issue already, but I don't know what started the um, arthritis or why it started. Well, if you, you know, I'm just speculating and ultimately it doesn't really affect our course of action. But, you know, if you've had psoriasis at a really young age and it wasn't an insignificant psoriasis, I mean, I've, I know within our plant-based community that I've got friends and one of our children had a mild psoriasis, uh, you know, under the age of two, no, I'd say even up until one and then it went away. And that's happened, I know, within our community to some other plant-based families, and then it's gone away. So, I mean, it, it, it can be almost, um, it can be completely random. Um, but if yours was significant and it stayed with you at a young age and it was considered sort of like autoimmune sort of arthritis, then it would indicate to me that something's, you know, happened through your is it incubation? Is that the right word? I mean, when you were, what's the word when you, when you, when your mum's got you in your belly? I don't gestation. know the right word. It's gestation. Gestation. There you yeah. go. There you go. Um, so yeah, thank you. Um, you know, something's going on there. I reckon, or something in your very early years, because it's because the psoriasis came on very young. But anyway, I I always like to sort of go there and see if we can find out some trends and and mm-hmm. learn something. Okay. And then, so what drug, just tell me what drugs have you been on? What joints were most affected and are now your problem areas and what your mobility is like? That's, that's the main things. So uh, when I was 11, I just, one morning woke up and I felt like there was a knife in my hip. I couldn't get out of bed and I'm calling my mom, you know, I can't get off and um, went to the doctor, um, diagnosed. They started me on 11 aspirin. This was back in the day of that's what they did. Um, 11 aspirin um, a day for a while. And then eventually got onto methotrexate and uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories to go with the methotrexate. Started in my hip. I was on crutches as a um, kid. So this was sixth grade. Moved around a bit. Um, my wrist, my left wrist, wrist was really affected. I wore a wrist brace and no talk about like keeping range of motion. So eventually my left wrist fused, but on its own. And so it doesn't move anymore, but thankfully it fused in a, um, a good position. We talked about joint replacement, but those don't last that long. So you can't really do that with a kid. Um, so 
you know, here I am the kid in the um, rheumatology waiting room and people ask, oh, are you here with your grandma? I was like, no. So, you know, and I didn't know any other kids that had arthritis. I mean, I've really, until the forum, I haven't known people my age. I mean, now I'm getting to the age where people are starting to have a little osteo here and there, but I've just not known people. So anyway, moved around different joints. Um, I've had it everywhere. I've had my knees drained. I've had injections everywhere. I've had my thumb fused um, not long ago because that joint was falling apart. So that just needs some more stability. My feet are a mess like on x-ray. They are fine. They don't hurt me right now. I mean, I play tennis. I can run. I mean, I'm active. I'm not just like getting through life. I'm like active. So it's good. But, you know, if you were to look at my bones, you the, I had once had a podiatrist say, and I was probably 20. He said, you have the feet of an 80 year old. And I was like, thanks. So I don't think that's a compliment, but at least they work, you know? So um, just hard, hard years. You know, as a kid, I wasn't very active because I couldn't be. Um, I rode a bike a little bit here and there. Um, but this is kind of an interesting thing. When I was in my 20s, I started exercising. I was at a Bible college and we started doing these exercise things together and I just did what I could. Well, I started, you know, getting better, feeling better, getting a little more active. I got really into health and fitness so much so that I ended up getting a bunch of certifications, ended up being an aerobic instructor, personal trainer. I was feeling really well. I was still on methotrexate. Like I took that for over 20 years, Um, but my inflammation levels were a lot lower. And at one point I was um, a director for a few different programs. And if you're directing aerobic programs, if someone doesn't show up, you're teaching the class. So I teach like 12 classes a week sometimes. And I, my joints were doing really well. So now that I look back, I can see that's why I was doing so well. So. And interestingly, before that time, I had been a vegetarian for a long time, probably 14 years, but I was not a healthy vegetarian. I was the pizza, Doritos, you know, cake, um, ice cream, love frozen yogurt. Um, So I I didn't eat meat, but I ate all the dairy, ate all the oil, all that stuff. And then when I got into health and fitness, started kind of changing my diet a little bit. I did end up adding meat, tried different diets later on. But, uh, and then pregnancy time, like during my twenties, I've had four children, um, during pregnancy feeling great. Like one of my doctors, my rheumatologist said, you should just be pregnant all the time because (laughs) you're doing well. And obviously your immune system's dialed way back when you're pregnant. So, um, I was doing well, if I wasn't doing well, then prednisone was the drug I had to be on. And so I've been on that for a while. I think I had also been on that some in my teens at times when the methotrexate wasn't working. And I'm really grateful that I did okay on it because if I were to take prednisone now, I'd be a mess. I mean, I would be, it just messes with my mind. It, I, I can't, I mean, I wouldn't go near it with a 10 foot pole because it I just does not agree with me. And anyway, so uh, methotrexate for a long time, prednisone for uh, um, years here and there. And then once I had my last child, I, once he was born and I was getting ready to wean him, I went back to the rheumatologist and they said, okay, well now there's these new drugs called biologics and we need to try them for you because things weren't going well. So I went on Humira I was on Humira for about 10 years and it worked 
well for me. Like, honestly, it was the first drug that actually seemed to do something like the methotrexate. It was okay, but like my joints were still fusing. It was, it was still not doing it for me. So the Remicade seemed to work really well and then it stopped working. So couldn't be on that. And that's when we decided to switch to uh, Humira. Wow. Thank you. What a, what a very interesting uh, summary. Uh, so how long did Remicade show effectiveness for? I want to say it was about 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. And wow, I'm grateful. I, I know that lots of people have, yeah. um, you know, bad side effects from certain drugs and yeah. things like that. I yeah. honestly didn't, I mean, I didn't feel fantastic on methotrexate. Like I had a lot of fatigue mm. and stuff like that. And yeah. I ended up having to stop the methotrexate while I was taking um, the Remicade because my liver enzymes yeah. were not looking good. I've had multiple liver biopsies and finally they're like, you know, we just need to stop this drug. So I had to stop the methotrexate. Um, but, you know, I didn't have bad side effects from the Humira or from the Remicade. And I'm really grateful for that because, I mean, it, it worked well for me. It did its job for the time. Uh- I would say that you're a poster child for medication as well as lifestyle changes. You know, you you uphold the outcome of what the medication is uh, advertised to do, which is to provide, you know, sort of the upper level of disease management and minimum side effects. And you've had that, unless I'm misunderstood, with Remicade and Humira, and that's fantastic. And for 38 years of rheumatoid, you're in better shape. And I'm not, I'm not underestimating your challenges. I'm just saying that there are some people who certainly can't play tennis, who certainly cannot run, who, who uh, have uh, maybe trouble even getting out of a chair, um, who've had rheumatoid for a quarter of your time. So, you know, this is a, this is a, a valuable insight as well into the, um, the, the ways that the medication can give us great quality of life. Yeah. And before the, um, the passing program, I would have said that without drugs, I would be crippled. I mean, I would have trouble walking. I would have trouble using my hands. I mean, getting dressed, like trying to button buttons. I mean, forget it. I mean, it was living life was hard. I could not do it without drugs at the time, but, and I'm so, again, I'm so grateful for the drugs, but at the same time, I'm so grateful that I'm not left to just treat my symptoms. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're there to help me. And honestly, like when I first started your program, my main objective was getting off the drugs and I didn't have the right mindset. I really didn't. And I finally watched, you had a video about like, do I need RA drugs or something like that? And that like made it click for me that the goal is not to get off the drugs. The goal is manage the inflammation the best you can. So low inflammation is the goal, not no drugs. And that like just really changed things for me. So, but, and so now I'm glad it's like, I feel like I have control over what makes my body get inflamed. So now it's like, I can not light the fire, you know, but if, if I happen to get a flicker, you know, I don't have to worry because I might be able to manage it on my own. And if not, you know, thankfully there are drugs that can help. So kind of where I'm at. Yeah. That's, I've just got goosebumps. It's weird to get goosebumps about something like this, but I did because it's like, it's exactly like the, uh, the aha that, um, that, uh, that I hope from, you know, these kind of discussions and those kind of videos that I make, because 
you know, and thankfully, you know, we don't get accused anymore of being anti-drugs and I'd never have been anti-drugs, but, you know, I think that I'm glad that, um, you know, we're having, you know, giving a lot of time to the discussion around the effectiveness of these biologic drugs. And, you know, I'm 45, you know, if in 10 years I want to start eating pizzas again, and I don't think that I ever will want to eat pizzas, but I'm dead set, very, very thankful that there are drugs available. Should I want to go and start taking some drugs again? Because this disease is extraordinarily challenging. And, you know, we all, we, we not, I don't think there's one person that, that isn't grateful that there's opportunities either being on the medications right now or about to start medications or thinking about medications that they, that they, that they don't exist. I mean, they're crucial to, uh, to a rheumatology, uh, approach, you know, rheumatoid arthritis person's uh, approach. And it's rare to not be taking them. And like you said, it's not the goal to be off drugs. That's not the goal. It's to have the lowest inflammation possible and have the best control over our situation by being the healthiest we can. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And it's hard work getting there. I mean, it's not like it's an easy thing. And I, um, it just makes me think of, um, like when I, or saw you on this call, I'm thinking, I'm actually talking to you. Like I've seen your face so many times. I've watched all the videos, all the podcasts, and I'm so thankful to you. And I'm so thankful for all the people who have done podcasts because it's lonely going through this by yourself. I mean, you have family that love you, but they don't understand what this is like. And they don't understand just how hard it is to, I mean, they get, yeah, like I would never want to change my diet. I mean, I have friends who would say, well, just take the drugs. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like I've been on drugs for decades and I don't have the, the insurance that they're always going to work. You know, they can lose effectiveness. Um, so just, just having the encouragement of other people that have gone through this and seeing them. I mean, it was funny because I actually heard about you through my daughter who worked at a vegan restaurant. And one of her customers, somehow something in their conversation came up about arthritis. And she said, oh, my mom has arthritis. And she, this lady wrote down, passed some program on a piece of paper. You have to tell your mom about this. So she brought it home and I threw it in the drawer. I'm like, I've tried everything. I mean, I've tried it all and I'm just done. Like, there's just not a magic pill. It's not going to work. And then somehow I came across that Patterson program paper and I'm like, okay, let me just pull them up. And I watched a podcast. I'm like, okay, well, that it helped that person. That's nice. Clicked on another one and then five and then 10. And then I was like, okay, these are people like me. These are people who have suffered with this disease for decades, who've tried everything, who, you know, they, they're not going to tell you, well, try this supplement. It'll cure your arthritis. You know, I mean, they're really like, they're going through a whole lifestyle change and they're having success. And so that's when I was like, okay, I, I have to at least try it. I can't just brush it off after that. And then once I was having success, I thought I want to do a podcast because I want to be one of those people that says, you can do this. You don't have to live with arthritis pain and feel hopeless. You know, there's something you can do. So super excited about it. And so thankful for all the people that have encouraged me along the way. Yeah, gosh. Um, yeah, just another thank you to everyone who's appeared on the show up until now. You know, sometimes I'll go through, you know, a few weeks and I don't hear from anyone who wants to share their story. And, and other times everyone wants to share at the same time. And so it's, it's ebbs and flows. And sometimes, you know, some people write the most amazing testimonials on email or share privately with me. 
And I say, would you like to share on the podcast? And they say, I'm a little bit shy or I don't have a good enough XYZ webcam or internet or something. And they, and I think, oh, you know, it would be so nice for everyone to to hear their story. So, you know, I think only a fraction of the the wonderful stories that we could share of people who come on and do share. So to anyone who has a positive update, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the cliche pain-free, drug-free, maximum energy, even playing tennis like Kara, right? It can be just, hey, I've been able to reduce inflammation by half or I've been able to, you know, get out of bed in the morning without morning stiffness or whatever it might be. This is all inspirational and everyone's story is different and please reach out to me and come on and we can we can tell your story as well. So I'm not done with you though yet, Kara. I just want to know what what um, what's next? Like, well, well, let's talk about the exercise first and then I want to know like what you're working on as your next goal. Your exercise, that shocked me when you said you can play tennis. It, it's brilliant. So your knees, which have been drained, you said, and they've had injections and stuff in them. What's the cartilage level in them and how, um, you know, what's your level of discomfort? Um, my knees, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I know I have arthritic damage in my knees. I think more than anything is probably my feet when it comes to my legs. And I'm sure I've got stuff in my hip. Um, that's not right. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't have pain right now. Um, I have made it a, a goal and I think it's been almost two years now, probably, probably about two years now that I just decided I am riding the exercise bike for 30 minutes a day, no matter what. And I do it every day, but Sunday I'm on that bike. And I honestly don't think of that as my exercise. Like I do other things besides that, but that's my thing. And honestly, I have a, um, like a lap desk that you could put on your lap. I have that on the handlebars of the bike and I will watch podcasts while I'm on there. I will read while I'm on there. Um, I will get on the forum while I'm on there. Um, so that's just what I do. It's 30 minutes and no questions. It's not an if, or do I feel like it, it just happens. Um, if I'm feeling, you know, twinges of something, I'll get on the bike a second time. I'll get on at night. And it's just like, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep things going. And then I walk, I have done Bikram yoga at home. I have never been to a place to do it, but I do it at home. Um, and, and then I play tennis. I have, um, two boys that live at home right now, teenagers and the two boys and my husband and I go play tennis all the time. And it's a ton of fun. And the fact that I can keep up with teenagers at my age and having arthritis for this long, I'm just so grateful. I lift weights here and there. Um, I kind of went through a phase like, you know, during the beginning of like going to the like cutting everything out phase where I didn't have a whole lot of energy and it was hard. So my exercise level went down besides the bike. It was like, the bike is non-negotiable doing it. So I just would recommend that to anybody to keep going. And while you're doing it, you know, watch things and read things that are inspiring to you. Yeah, that's great. A wonderful reminder. I love the bike. Uh, do you work up a sweat or do you maintain a pace that you sort of adjust under the sweat level? Um, in the mornings, I'm always working up a sweat. If I'm going to add like another time of it, you know, it's partly like if I'm going to sit and read a book or like when I used to grade papers, 
I didn't want to just sit there all the time. So I'd get on the bike and create papers. And at that time, I'm just doing low level or like say it's after dinner. I'm just, I'm not trying to sweat at that time. I'm just trying to move a little bit, but I always make sure that I have that time where I'm really pushing in the morning to get going. Right, right. And you've done this so much. You'll probably know the answer to this. Um, at around about what minute mark do you normally start sweating? Oh, uh, wow. I don't know if I pay attention. Um, well, right now in North Carolina, it's um, kind of cold in the morning and cold in my bedroom. So I like get going pretty fast because I want to get warm. Um, I mean, I'd say it's within five minutes, five, 10 minutes. Yeah, pretty I mean, quick. I get going fast. Pretty, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty quick. Okay. So you, you, you aim for more speed instead of resistance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I just want I just want to sort of get really uh clarity around a lot of the detail there because um, you know, the details matter, as we know. You know, the details matter. So yeah. uh, I think that's interesting too. If people have got, you know, tenderness in the knees and they find that pushing against resistance is is a challenge, you know, you've just told us that you get tremendous results because you go maybe not so much resistance, you just pedal fast and that'll get the sweat up too. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's not a lot of reasons not to get on a stationary bike. I, 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 I would just say the only only exception is if you time and time again find that it's irritating. Um, you know, I'm not speaking with you. I'm speaking with just our audience now. You know, the only case would be is if it just clearly uh, reproduces more inflammation each day by doing so. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I'm a huge advocate for it. And you've just, you're just the best case study to, to say, Hey, it's working for me. Um, it's worked for me. I, every time I go to the gym, I, okay. Almost every time I go to the gym, I get on the stationary bike. I sweat at around about the seven minute mark. I cannot get sweat any quicker. Um, and that's with as I've experimented with maximum resistance so that I'm hating it, uh, versus, uh, fast. Um, I feel more comfortable sort of uh, ed- edging towards the higher resistance sort of thing because, yeah, I just, I, I, I think I get sweatier quicker when I'm really pushing those pedals harder. And I like the concept of building strength too, in my case. Um, I'm thinking it might build up some more strength around my, my quads and my glutes. So have you seen your uh, leg strength benefit from it or does it now, you can't recall because it's been so long that you've done it? Um, you know what? I, I mean, I've been an exerciser. I really have been an exerciser, um, just even with the fitness background. So I, I don't have that. Um, yeah, it's more just overall feeling and like just my joints feeling good from moving. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, do you find like, I've always found that, that the cycle bike tends to make everything feel better, not just the knees, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And even when I had like the, um, when I was telling you about that foot that was just blown up, it was like when I was on the bike and just after it felt so good, it was like, if I could just stay on the bike all day, I'd be fine if I have to walk on it. But, um, so even just then it it was helpful. So yeah. Um, and, and one more, well, at least one more question about those feet, because a lot of people have the feet pain. Uh, my pain started in my feet. So I've never had an x-ray of the feet, but, um, you know, you say that your feet look like they ha- have had taken a lot of damage probably to the cartilage, but you're able to not feel any pain through those damaged feet, even when you've spaced the humira a long way apart. What do you think's going on there? Do you think that as long as there's no inflammation, the body adjusts and the body doesn't feel the pain through 
the the uh, the damaged joints just because when there's no inflammation, it feels okay. Yeah, I think once you have bony changes, it, it's not that the, the bones aren't hurting. You know, it's that inflammation in the joint where you're having that pain. So yeah, um, and when I was doing the program, like when I was. Um, you know, journaling everything I was eating and monitoring my pain, my feet were always the gauge, you know, my feet are a one today, this morning, and it was that morning stiffness thing, you know, my feet are a one today, or my feet are a two today, or whatever they are. So they seem to be my gauge. Um, now I don't have morning stiffness. I don't have any of that. I mean, I can jump rope. I mean, I'm not, I just, I don't have, um, and I don't know if this is related to the arthritis or not, but I don't have the fatty pad on the bottom of my feet underneath like the ball of your foot. So like, I have to make sure I have good shoes that have support or padding there. Um, so that can be painful. I don't walk barefoot cause that's I'm like walking on my bones. Um, but they, they don't hurt. I mean, they're, they're fine. So I'm just grateful. Mm, yeah. That's tremendous. So what's next for you? That's uh, that's where we'll probably wrap up. Like, what are your goals, uh, given that you've had so much experience over the years with this condition and also now several years under your belt with the lifestyle changes and seeing what works? What What's what's the future look for Kara? Wow. Um, well, I don't know if I have goals, but I, I'll say like, you know, looking back, I feel like this whole journey has kind of been like, um, crawling out of a valley, like to where you're in this just dark, whatever, and climbing out, you know, kind of like going through this whole process is hard and you feel alone and it's difficult. But then when you finally get up onto the level ground, there's some bumps and little things here and there, but it's nothing. You're like on flat ground, you're out in the open sun and it's good. So I guess I'm just looking forward to good years. And, um, you know, I I think about how, um, little things that you do become patterns and the patterns become habits and the habits become a lifestyle. And I'm just Mm -hmm. thrilled with my lifestyle. Like, you know, I have friends that will say, you know, are you going to eat meat? Do you think you'll eat meat at this time or whatever? And I'm thinking, you know what? I am so happy with what I'm eating. I'm so happy with, you know, fruits and vegetables. Like, honestly, like, these are the foods that God gave for us to eat. And they are fantastic. And if you want an encouragement, read Dr. Greger's book, How Not to Die. I mean, he just goes over all these different foods and the the medicinal properties of foods and the benefits that, that they have. And I'm just so grateful for these good foods to eat. And I'm I and also I think of like kind foods where like I don't I personally don't think that it's wrong to eat animals because I think I'm a Bible believing Christian. I think that you can't eat animals, but I don't think we're meant to treat them the way we treat them. And I don't want to eat animals that are treated that way. So I'm happy to not eat them. And if my body doesn't process them well anyway, I'm okay without it. I'm not missing out. So I'm just excited about, you know, living a life where I feel good and I, I feel good after I eat and I feel good when I exercise and I, I'm just happy to tell people about it. Yeah, that's lovely. And any words of encouragement to our audience who uh, still in that crawling out phase? Um, I would say give your body time to heal. Like, um, no, keep watching the podcast because you, when you feel just dark and alone and like the stress of, is this going to work? And like, for me, it was like, you know, if it's not working, my joints are going to fuse and be even worse just in the midst of it 
you know, trust that people have gone this path before you and have had great success. And there's great hope that you can have great success, but give your time, your body time to heal. So taking out the things that um, offend, the things that cause trouble for your body, and then let it take time. Like I remember, you know, wanting to add things when I was on the baseline, just always wanted to try this new thing and always curious to know, is it this, is it that that's causing me trouble? When really, I think it was just that I needed to heal inside. I had been doing damage for years and years and years. I needed to heal. And then once I could heal, my body could digest things. So I remember you talking once about um, gluten being like, you know, lifting heavy weights, you know, and like, if your digestive tract is not strong, you just can't go there. You have to, you know, take it easy, lift lighter. And it's kind of like that with everything you're eating, you know, you're just, you got to just dial it back, take some time to heal. And just having that, that perspective that it's going to take time, but I'm going to get there. And that's what everybody on the podcast kept saying. And that's why I'm saying it because we keep, we need to hear it. We keep, we need it to keep coming at us that take time. It's a process, but it will work. So that's what I would have to say. Yeah. Thank you. That's wonderful. Well, um, is there anything else that you, we haven't talked about that you had hoped to share and it can be stuff, you know, within topics that we've already covered if you haven't, uh, if we didn't touch upon it, or it could be something altogether different. Is there anything that you, you, you don't want to go Oh No, I should have said that. Sometimes that happens afterwards. Wow. I don't know that I do. I mean, just thank you. Just, I I feel like, you know, I, for decades, I, I prayed for, you know, you know, let them figure something out with regard to research for arthritis and, you know, just hoping and, and all that. And it just seemed like, it wasn't coming and then it came and it, and even, you know, when I heard about you, I was like, ah, you know, I wasn't interested at first. And then now I'm just, I'm so grateful. So just thank you. So thank you so much. This has just been, this, you know, your smile is infectious. It's put a huge smile on my face and uh, yeah, thank you. This has just been so lovely. And I, always go and talk to my wife, Melissa, after these interviews. And I say, oh, this person did this, this person did this. And I'm really looking forward to giving her the summary of, of your life so far. And, and she just gets all, so much out of these stories as well. And I'll tell her about, you know, the fact that you're from North Carolina and that, uh, you know, you've done so well and, um, you know, it makes her feel happy, makes me so happy. And I hope that it's made our, our listeners today happy as well. And and uh, let's all go out and continue to eat well and, and look forward to a, a positive future and do the very best we can and encourage others to get on this path as well. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, so and I want to thank you for being part of our rheumatoid support group because you're always so uplifting and helping other people and so forth. So thank you. And if anyone wants to join rheumatoid support, you can chat with myself and Kara and many of the other guests that we've had on this show. Um, And other than that, thank you. And we hope to maybe see you next time we visit North Carolina. Awesome. Love it. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.